0: Hi friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. We had an amazing weekend of services in which we celebrated the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Here is our Christmas Eve sermon delivered by our senior pastor, the Rev. Dr. Jared Ott, entitled, The Effect Leading to Hope. Thank you for listening. Well, Merry Christmas, and good evening. My name is Rev. Dr. Jared Ott. I'm the senior pastor here. Wasn't that music great here this evening? Man, I tell you what. Some of you may want to see that afterwards, and we have some DVDs that you can pick up in the comments uh, afterwards as well. You can get a taste of all this here this evening, so you can kind of relive that. But that music was, was powerful. After John's solo there, it makes me want to just say, that's all we have, have a good evening. But uh, it is wonderful to be able to be here and celebrate. Let me pray for us. God, thanks for today. Father, thank you that we can be here to celebrate your birth. Thank you that we can come together and sing your praises hear your word proclaimed. Thank you that we can walk out of here with more hope than we ever thought possible. Father, be with us now. Father, pray that my lips are your lips, my heart is your heart, Father, and that you impress upon us the message you want us to hear. I ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Well, it is great uh, to be here. You know, Christmas Eve always stirs up a lot of memories for a lot of people. I know that, uh, especially to get in the mind of children, uh, I have two kids, Caden and Langdon, and just to see all the excitement throughout the whole year is, is pretty cool. All, that leads up to this week. And this week they've been really excited about all the things that are happening. I know this week uh, my son was uh, looking at our Christmas tree. And all the different ornaments and stuff on a Christmas tree, I don't know if you have kids or not, but a lot of the crafts end up on the Christmas tree ends up looking like a kindergarten art room threw up on your tree. But it's uh, wonderful to see all those different ornaments. And uh, I remember him uh, asking me, he said, uh, uh, so I was asking him which ones are his favorite and he's looking at them and they all are bringing up different memories he said, well, Dad, which one's your favorite? And so I was pointing at different ones that remind me of my childhood or when we first got married to my wife or maybe the birth of our children. And then, so we were pointing all of them. He said, no, which one's your very, very favorite? And so I, so I grabbed the one off the, the tree. I brought it here this evening. And I pulled it off. And it, it's this one. It's a pine cone. And he goes, ugh, the pine cone again. You always talk about the pine cone. Then I reminded him that Santa's still checking his list. Uh, if he wants some Christmas gifts, he should be appreciative. But this is, uh, this is my favorite ornament. It's a pine cone. It doesn't look like much. It uh, doesn't have much value to him. It doesn't. In fact, this pine cone, it's, uh, there's nothing special about it. It's not full of diamonds. It's, uh, it's not anything different. It's a real pine cone. It uh, doesn't smell very good anymore. It doesn't lay very well. Um, In fact, it's very dirty. It looks like it's weathered quite a few storms. So to anybody else, this pine cone doesn't mean a whole lot. But for my family knows that this pine cone means a lot to me because it brings back memories. Because this pine cone actually came from the shepherd's field in Bethlehem. We were there a few years ago and uh, I remember being there with Pastor Jamie and uh, thinking, man, what what would be great to bring back something from uh, from Bethlehem where the shepherds actually were. Because it reminded me of the passage that we just heard on that video And just read from Luke 2. And I grabbed that pine cone. And it's interesting because this week I asked Pastor Jamie, I said, Jamie, do you have any pictures of the shepherd's field when we were there? And he said, I don't have very many because there really wasn't much there. You know, if you've ever been to the Holy Land, there's churches and uh, chapels built all over. Every site listed in the scriptures. When you go to the church in the nativity where the the manger was, where where Mary had Jesus, there's a huge church and it's full of all kinds of gaudy decorations. You could probably put 10 of our churches inside the main church there. And there's so much incense, I remember my eyes were burning as I walked out. And then we got to go over the shepherd's field where, from Luke 2, the passage we just read. And we were kind of disappointed because we get over there and you know what we see? This is what we see from the shepherd's field. It's just a field. We get there. No church, nothing else major, no big monstrosity, just a a field from from Bethlehem. There's a small little chapel on the field called the, the it's called the Shepherd's Chapel. It's a creative name for them. Uh, There's a little chapel there. And then also at the Shepherd's Field, there's some caves. There's some caves there, you can see, right underneath. And I kind of remember picturing uh, being there for the shepherds that night and, as we just read. And so they said, let's, you know, let's really reimagine it. So let's go down into the caves because that's where they would take the sheep if it was rainy or cold. And I remember the tour guide said, make sure you duck because you've got to get real low to get real down in there. And I didn't either duck low enough or didn't hear. And I smacked my head so hard on the edge of that cave. And I remember walking out. It was all, I was bleeding. It was all, I was a mess. And they said, you know, Jared, you should go see the doctor on our tour. So I went over to the doctor, and he's looking my head over, and he said, I think you'll be okay. It doesn't look real deep. Uh, I don't think you'll need stitches. You should be fine. I don't think you have a concussion. I found out later that guy was a dentist. So I don't know um, <laughs> about his professional opinion, but I guess it was okay. But that's where the shepherd's field was, right there. But it's just a field. The next picture shows you, it's just a field. And I thought about this passage this week when we read it from Luke 2, it's right there in your service sheets, about how amazing it is that this announcement comes to the shepherds there at this field, this simple site. And people look overlook that all the time. They just go right to, to Mary and the stable. They don't think about the shepherds. But I think it's profound. I do. Because going to the shepherds first with this message is it's pretty amazing. See, the shepherds weren't looked at very much. When people looked at the shepherds, they didn't find a whole lot of value in them. They didn't smell very good. They made a lot of bad decisions probably in life. They weathered a lot of storms. In fact, being a shepherd was one of the lowest paying jobs that you could have. So therefore, shepherds also known for their thievery and they would steal things and they would be lying. They were so untrustworthy that they couldn't even testify in court. And because they had to watch sheep 24 hours a day, it wasn't even their sheep usually. They were just watching them. Because they had to watch them 24 hours a day, they, were, they couldn't abide by the Sabbath law of not working. So now they're also ceremonially unclean. So there are these shepherds out in the field. I could just imagine being there. Maybe you could imagine being there on that field. And the angel comes and they hear this message. It's amazing. amazing. You know, it's once said that God goes to those who have time to hear him. The shepherds had time to hear him. I can just imagine them being there. The people, we know these kind of people. Imagine maybe the the grumpy old people that don't have much hope, that aren't really fun to be around. You all know those people. Some of you are thinking, I have to spend Christmas with those people tomorrow. The people that have no hope. Kind of a dead-end job. No sign of ever getting out of that dead-end job. Long hours, dangerous work that they had to do. And then in an instant, there's a realization of hope. A realization of hope. You know, one of the things that we're talking about this evening is the Bethlehem effect. What effect? Did Jesus coming have an effect on those shepherds? And tonight I'm telling you, it was hope for them and it's hope for you as well. If you have your service sheets, in verse 2, it says right there, it says, And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. You know, it's amazing that the message came to the people that needed it the most. People that had very little hope. There's a realization there with the shepherds. You know, throughout Jesus, as Jesus grew up, he was constantly ministering and going after people that were not the elite, but the sick, the the poor, the people that have weathered a lot of storms, the people that didn't look like a whole lot, the people that didn't have a whole lot of value. Jesus constantly sought after those people. Maybe you feel like one of those people here tonight. You come in and there's so many things on your heart and mind. You go, I just wanted to have a a sense of relief coming to a Christmas Eve service. I wanted to make one good decision. So I come to church. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're going through all kinds of stuff. Maybe your marriage is falling apart and you go, I've made some bad decisions. Maybe you have a dead end job. Maybe you're so full of anxiety that it's just overwhelming and you wanted to come in just for a night of peace. Maybe you feel like an outcast. Maybe you feel like when people look at you, they, they go, you know what? That person doesn't have a whole lot of value. They didn't make very good decisions. I want to tell you that tonight, Jesus coming, Jesus is here, and that hope is for you. So I hope you realize that tonight. It's not for the people that are making all kinds of great decisions. It's not for people that are, that are coming to church every week and, and, and living good lives. Jesus is here for you. And when he looks at you, he finds such value. You know, I once read that if Jesus had gone, if the message from the angels went to the, the elite, they would have looked around to see if anybody was watching. If the angels had gone to the theologians first, they would have first consulted their commentaries. If he had gone to the successful, they would have first looked at their calendars. So he went to the shepherds. Men who didn't have a reputation to protect, or an axe to grind, or a ladder to climb. Men who didn't know enough to tell God that angels don't sing to sheep. And that messiahs aren't found wrapped in rags and sleeping in a feed trough. So while the theologians were sleeping, the elite were dreaming, the successful were snoring, the meek were kneeling in front of Jesus. Why? Because he's the reason for the hope that we have. Jesus is the reason for the hope. And I hope you understand that. The shepherds got that message when... When the angel came look at verse 15. Excuse me, verse 11. Today in the town of of David a savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. A savior is born. You know, it wasn't that the shepherd's situation all of a sudden changed. Many of us come and we'll go to church or we'll do a good deed and we'll think, you know what, maybe God will change my situation. Maybe you come to church and you figure, well, you know what, maybe God will give me a new job or will fix my marriage. That's got to be it. Maybe God will uh, take this addiction of the alcohol away from me or the drugs Maybe he'll take this sickness away. Maybe he'll take the disease away. We think, you know what? God's going to do something for me. That's the hope we have. And people get so disappointed because they come to church and they realize, you know, my, my, my situation didn't change. And they get so mad at God, but they're missing the hope that's there. It has nothing to do with their situation. Notice the shepherds were shepherds. They stunk. They went to the stable with their sheep. But guess what? They also returned with their sheep, too. They returned as shepherds, but I guarantee you they, were, they returned changed because of the new hope they had. You see, all those things that we're dealing with in life, whether it's failed marriages, whether it's anxiety, whether it's uh, addictions we have, whether it's uh, decisions that we made, whether it's this feeling of emptiness, is all because of sin. We all have it. That's why Romans 3 is so powerful. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, God's so holy that he can't be around sin because of our sin. Then we can't be near him. We can't be with him. Romans 6, 23 goes on to say, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the gift. The gift isn't a situation change it's a whole heart change it's a lifestyle change the shepherds were still shepherds they still had tough jobs dangerous jobs they still were looked at a bit differently but when they returned i guarantee you they had a whole new hope about them because they realized that because jesus came for them and i'm telling you what i hope you get this tonight Jesus comes for you too. He was born in a manger to grow and to die for us on the cross as a penalty that we deserved. And then he rose again three days later. So we have a relationship with him. Um, I know some of us are struggling so much at Christmas time. Some of us have so much excitement. Some of us are dealing... With so many different things. And Christmas doesn't bring a whole lot of good memories. I'm telling you what. I hope that for you tonight. That Christmas will bring about that one memory. Of when you committed your life to him. Because he's the reason. He's the gift. Not only did the shepherds have a realization of the hope. Not only did they have the reason for the hope. But they had a response to it as well. They had a response. Look at verse 15. It says, when the angels left, they had gone to heaven. Shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that happened, which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the the baby who was lying in the manger. I kind of wonder what would happen if the shepherds were sitting there with their sheep and the angel came. And the angel told them this great news that now they have a savior. Now there's hope for this life and for the life after that they can have eternal life. I wonder if the message came and the shepherds just looked at each other and went, huh, that was kind of creepy. Huh? That was weird. What was that all about? And then they went on just talking about their sheep. What would have happened? What would have happened if they heard the one news that brings so much joy, so much hope, and did nothing about it. It would be disastrous. You would say, well, that would be disastrous. And I would say, you're right. And I would say the same for you. If you came and it just rose your curiosity and went, huh, that was a nice piece of music that they did. That was a nice uh, orchestra sound that they played. That kid's choir was fantastic. That John Walton, man, does he have a set of pipes on him. Wow. That was a a nice message that Jared gave. But then you walk out of here the same way you came in. It'd be disastrous. Church, I would want for you, as you are here sitting in this church right now, to know that Jesus loves you. To know that he came as a baby to be born for you. To suffer on the cross for you, a penalty you deserved. That's That's what gave the shepherds so much hope. That's the effect of Bethlehem. The hope that they have. And the shepherds moved. They left. They went. I love what Thomas Fuller says. He says hope is one of those principal springs that keeps mankind in motion, it keeps us going. For some of you, you need so much hope just to keep going. Because after Christmas, you'll wake up and go, oh, we're back to the grind again, back to a failed marriage, a disastrous life, the addiction that we have, something else going on. You'll go back to that. This is where the hope comes from. And I would want nothing more for you to walk out here and say, you know what, that's the gift. Jesus dying for me, and I want to accept him. And I want to come to him. It reminds me of Matthew 11. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. shepherds went they left they went to jesus my hope is that you'll respond and come to jesus tonight as well that you accept this free gift it's not about coming to church you know we all have sin and so there's nothing we can do about it it's not about hopefully at the end of our life that the good will outweigh the bad has nothing to do with that why it says in Ephesians that it's by grace. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. It's not of works. It's not about what you do. It's not about coming to church or, or giving or about doing good things or about just reading your Bible. It's not about that. It's by grace, the grace of Jesus Christ who died on the cross for you. And all you need to do is believe it and confess it. Romans 10 says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved, for it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Oh, I would want nothing more. Myself, Jamie, the music team up here, would want nothing more for than for you just to accept that free gift. Declare with your mouth, yes, Jesus is my Lord, my Savior. And I'm in need of a Savior, so I ask him to forgive me. I want him to be the Lord of my life so that I can have a relationship with him now. And then when I die, so that can bring me hope. That can bring me peace. That can help me through the tough times. That can help me with the decisions that I'm making. That can give me so much joy that will transform my marriage, transform my families, transform my, my, my place of work where I'm at so that I can have a whole new sense about me, a whole new hope. That's my hope for you. It would be tragic if you just heard the message and walked out of here and said, hmm, that was a nice message. Hmm, that was a nice piece of music. I would so want you to respond like the shepherds and say, you know what, we're going to go. We're going to sing a song here in a few minutes. We're going to light candles. And it's something that we always do. We light candles It's silent nights. We're going to sing that and... Brings back a lot of memories and traditions. And many of us will walk out of here going, yeah, that was good. Got to have Christmas at Christ Church at Grove Farm. But when I think back about the shepherds being there in Bethlehem. When I place myself there. I wonder what the shepherds were thinking. I wonder what Mary and Joseph were thinking when they were in that stable. Why did God... Tell the shepherds first, why did Jesus, why was Jesus born in a a stable? And I kind of wonder if, when you look at the shepherds, that maybe, just maybe, the Son of God was born in a stable to give hope to all whose lives look like one. We make a mess of things, don't we? We made a lot of bad decisions. People look at us and go, I don't see much value there. Look at their life. Sometimes our actions stink. Sometimes it looks like we've weathered a bad storm. Good news of great joy, it says. I sent a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You want to know what God's deepest longing for, for you is for your life? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We find it in an unexpected place, in a stable. Jesus says, no mess turns me back. No smell turns me away. I was born to live in lives like yours. He loves you. He sees something special. Maybe other people don't, but he sees something special in you because he made you. And he loves you. And he wants to have a relationship with you. And it's as simple as asking him to come in. One word from you and he'll come into your heart, into your life. That's going to bring you hope hope for this life and for the next. Good news, great joy, eternal life. Would you receive that gift this Christmas? Would you tell God that you want to as well? Let me pray for us. Well, God, we do thank you for the fact that you've sent your son to be born in a manger to die for us. Penalty that we deserved. We are so grateful. We're so grateful, Father, that you went and told the shepherds first, people who maybe are like us, that don't have a whole lot of hope, don't have too much to be excited about. Thank you for the fact that you come to us, the mess that we live, the lives that we have. Oh, Father, thank you. Father, thank you for everybody in this room, the people that you brought here. Some of us are dealing with so much stuff in life that it's really hard to see any kind of hope. I pray that you be with them now. I pray that they feel that you love them, that you find value in them, that they may not look very good, that they may have made some decisions that aren't the best, that they've weathered some tough storms. Help them to realize that you love them and you want to have a relationship with them. And if that's you, it's as simple as praying that prayer, confessing, asking, The Lord Jesus, to to forgive you, to come into your life. And I'm going to pray a prayer. Again, it's not the prayer that saves you. It's our Lord Jesus Christ who saves you. So if you want to receive that gift here this evening, walk out of here not just curiosity, but saying, you know what, I want to have that hope. I want to have that assurance. Pray this prayer with me. See yourselves sitting in front of our Lord Jesus, saying to him, dear Lord Jesus, understand that I am a sinner in need of a savior. I ask that you save me of my sin. I understand that you died for me. That you rose again. And that you want to have a relationship with me. So I ask that you come into my life. The stable of my own heart, come in. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for the great news of joy that you're my Savior. Come into my life now. And Father, we do thank you for each and every person that may have made that commitment tonight. Thank you for the fact that you save us. Thank you for the hope that we have. Thank you for the joy that you bring. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Be with us. And I ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.